This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, it is. This is what New York City sounds like on a Friday night. Ty Butler here, 98.7 ESPN. We're going until midnight. At that time, you'll get the fine line with Joe Wiz. Then from 1 to 7, Sports Center all night. But up until then, it is you and yours truly. Hit me up on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler, on Instagram as well, Ty D. Butler. And you can join the conversation via the telephones at 800-919-3776. So, the Yankees currently in progress right now. I know you are going to find this shocking. They are losing. Chapman on the mound, Red Sox up 4 nothing. It is the top of the ninth inning. The Yankees will have a chance in the bottom of the ninth to tie the game, but we know that is, you know, ostensibly it won't happen. So once that game goes final, we can react to that. The Mets right now in Pittsburgh trailing 2-1. to one. It is the top of the sixth inning. But until we get to baseball, until this game goes final, you can, you know, hit us up, 800-919-3776. We'll do a lot of Yankee talk. I do want to start with the NBA. Because earlier today, we flirted with, I would say, arguably the biggest news story we've had since when? Since the Knicks traded for for Melo? Because there was a report that surfaced that said, here's the deal. Dame Lillard wants out of Portland, and there's a chance that the Knicks are... The, the Knicks, that's the team he wants to go to. True, TrueHoop.com reported Friday morning, Damian Lillard is going to ask for a trade in the upcoming days. Now, Dame came out in a press conference, denied said reports. He is expecting to be a Portland Trailblazer at the start of next season. A quote from him is, I haven't made any firm decisions on what my future will be. But this is obviously a story we will need to watch. Because just like any other free agent who is a star that becomes available, if Dame Lillard all of a sudden is on the table, enter your New York Knicks into the conversation as far as putting any package together to get this guy playing here at MSG. Now, obviously, I'm not a Knicks fan. I am a diehard Laker fan. But I would be lying if I... If I said I wasn't rooting for Dame to come, like if I I don't see him going to L.A., but if he doesn't, I I think him coming to New York would be perfect. And sometimes we do overrate the whole Madison Square Garden experience. Players wanting to come here and play. You have to. It's, you know, it's the Mecca basketball. I think these guys just want to win. And that's what we heard from Dame Lillard earlier. It's it's strictly about trying to win a championship. So if that's the case and Dame sees that the the situation in Portland isn't presenting him with the best, you know, path to winning a title and he asks out, we look at the Knicks as a destination, a a prime destination because of what happened last year. They were the number four seed out of nowhere. Tom Thibodeau's the the coach of the year. Julius Randle is the comeback player of the year. You've got emerging talent in R.J. Barrett. And this all of a sudden appears to be a situation that is functional. That once a star becomes available, you look at that and say, well, you know, why not come here? So if, again, this is preemptive, this is premature, Dame, we'll hear some audio from Dame. He, he came out today and denied the reports. But of course, if you're a Knicks fan, you're monitoring this situation. 
because here is a chance to add one of the 10 best players in the league on your team. You immediately become relevant again. Now, we then have to get into a conversation about what the potential package would involve, but it starts and ends there. If I've got a chance to acquire Dame Lillard, then I do that immediately. No one on this roster is untouchable. There is no such thing as an untradeable New York Knicks asset that we have you know, in this organization right now. And that includes Julius Randle, who was fantastic last year, but he's not going to be the reason I don't end up with Dame Lillard. And neither is R.J. Barrett. Gave you 17 points per game. Like you were really concerned in his rookie season. Did not look like he was going to be an impact player. Last year, he showed some growth. There's a tremendous upside there. But he's also on the table as far as being included in a potential package. So if you're a Knicks fan out there and you, you came across these reports today, what say you? Dame Lillard. You have to be salivating at that. But my question would be for Lillard is if it, it's strictly about winning championships because you look at it from the standpoint of Dame, right? Like he is now watching the best players in the league at the very least get to the finals. Durant won a championship, won two championships. LeBron's won four. Steph's won a couple. Kawhi's won a couple. Anthony Davis has won a championship. Giannis is now in the finals. You look at the guys that play his position, Kyrie, Harden, CP3 now in the finals. Kyrie's got a championship, obviously. I want what those guys have. Because what he realizes is the same thing that Kobe saw post-Shaq, pre-Pal Gasol in L.A. was what LeBron saw in Cleveland. It was what MJ saw before Pippen got there in Chicago, and it is, I can be at my absolute apex, and it still won't be good enough for us to even come close to winning a championship. Nine NBA seasons for Damian Lillard. He's giving you 29-4-7, a superstar. One of the best shows on the planet. Like, I would argue, only second to Steph Curry as far as if when that guy is on, the entertainment value. It's Steph, and then to me, it's Dame. We've seen this guy twice in his career end a playoff series on essentially a walk-off shot. But despite all of that, this is a guy who's only played in one conference finals, and that was the year they got swept by the Warriors. So he has never won a conference finals game with all the talent that he possesses as an individual player. So, of course, you look around and you see what's happening. All of your co-stars around the league competing for titles and you're one and done every year you're peaking at the second round and I know there's going to be a large population of the audience that continues to chastise these players for asking out because they're under contract which never made sense to me because it is the height of hypocrisy will we'll criticize them for not winning championships. And then when they position themselves to, to best be able to do that, we're going to further ridicule them. Like, that never made sense to me. So if you're Dame, I completely understand him wanting to go to a better situation. And again, I just want to reiterate, today he denied the reports. It does sound like there is a meeting that's going to happen with management and their new head coach, Chauncey Billups about what the direction of that franchise is as far as competing for titles. But this is, this is going to be one of the most fascinating stories to monitor 
as we go forward. Because you look at the Western Conference, and when the Lakers are healthy, when the Clippers are healthy, they're better. The Nuggets come back next year with Murray healthy. They're better. The Suns are in the finals right now. You start doing the math of your game, and you know this just isn't working. How many times are we going to trot this same roster out there, and you know consider ourselves to be legitimate contenders? So if he becomes available, and you're a Knicks fan, do you want him? I just don't know what his motivation would be for coming to New York. Why would you leave C.J. McCollum to come play with Julius Randle? That's no no disrespect to, to Randle. But why would you leave C.J. to come play with Randle? You're not any closer to winning a title by coming to the Knicks with just you unless you're bringing someone else. And that someone else could have been a guy like Kawhi Leonard. But earlier this week we learned, and it kind of got swallowed up because of the finals, um, and I don't think I got enough love here locally. We learned that Kawhi is now recovering from surgery that repaired a partially torn ACL. And I'm not a a Clippers insider, but I think it it, it is now a zero percent chance that he opts out of that contract. So you cross him off the the Knicks wish list, if you will. So would it be Dame just by himself? That's not going to be enough. And and for Dame, what's the what's the level of motivation to come here to New York? If you really are prioritizing, like number one on your list is to win a title, why would coming solo to the Knicks to join this group be of any interest to you? I just don't understand it. But again, a fun conversation to have because when whenever you have in any sport one of the best players. Uh, uh, in the league, asking for, or in theory, asking out, then, it, you know, it, it, it's a fun argument to have, you know, where does he best fit? I could give you a list of teams that would be ahead of the Knicks, but, you know, we're in New York, and, and we root for the Knicks to do well. It's better for us. It would be fun to see him light up the guy. But if that's a conversation you guys want to dive into, you can do so. Hit me up on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler. On Instagram, at Ty D. Butler, 800-919-3776. We have a final in the Bronx. The Yankees falling to the Red Sox for the seventh consecutive time to start this season. 4 nothing. the final score tonight. The, the COVID issues, the injury issues, hard now to use that as an excuse because there is a large enough sample size to suggest that this Yankee team, regardless of what the roster situation is, just isn't good enough. And now they fall to the Red Sox, so closer and closer to a postseason DNP for New- for your New York Yankees. Line them up, 800-919-3776, 800-919-3776. Tidy Butler on Twitter and Instagram. Yankee fans, Nick fans, want to hear from you guys. We're reacting to the Damian Lillard news from earlier today. It was a report that he was asking out or was was going to ask out, he denied said report, but did entertain this idea of there being some sense of urgency. So, Nick fan, you want Dame Lillard on this squad? Anybody untradeable? I don't think so. Yankee fans, you're leaving the stadium after another loss. 4 nothing to the Red Sox. That's how we open the second half of the season. Six players now on the COVID list, tested positive. 
You've got more injury news coming out of uh, out of out of the organization. So not fun times if you're a Yankee fan. 800-919-3776. On Twitter, at Ty D. Butler. The Yankees just lost to the Red Sox for the seventh time this season. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. 4 nothing was the final score in the Bronx. Red Sox get a pair of home runs from Arroyo and Martinez. Yankees, three hits tonight. That's the offense. Three hits. And yeah, I mean, look. Like, we can't just dismiss... The fact that they're without Judge and Urshela, you know, two of their best players, testing positive for COVID, they're now out. Luke Voigt to the IL, he's got a, a bone bruise in his knee. And Duhar's got a wrist injury, he's out. Frazier's dealing with some dizziness, he's out. But the problem is, this this can't become an excuse. Because we have a large enough sample size of this team to understand that despite being one of the, the most talented rosters in the sport coming into the year, the favorites to get to the World Series out of the American League, you enter tonight three games above five hundred, a plus one run differential. And nine now nine games back of the Red Sox for the division. That's embarrassing. And it's not like we can just look at, well, they play them now, what, six of the next nine games. So you go this, you know, if you go 6-0 and against them, what would lead you to believe that the Yankees are capable of pummeling the Red Sox to that magnitude where they're now back in this race? I, I just don't think it's going to happen. So if you're if you're a Yankee fan leaving the stadium, hit me up eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six on Twitter at Ty D Butler and Instagram. We also talked about the Knicks. The reports earlier that surfaced, Dane Lillard was going to ask for a trade. He comes out in the press conference, denies it, but it does look like he is leaning toward putting some pressure on that Blazers front office to make some moves because what's going on in Portland. Not cutting it. Nine seasons in the league, one conference finals appearance. He's watching all his colleagues, the stars, compete for titles, and he's getting bounced in the second round. Uh, so let's go to the phone calls. We'll start with Prez and Holbrook. Prez, you're the leadoff hitter, my friend. What's How you going doing, on? man? Talk How's everything? Me. Oh, I'm good, man. How you doing? All right, all right. Listen, I'm a huge Knicks fan. I fought 35 years. And as much as I love Dane, I love Dane. I don't know if that's if that's good for the for the Knicks in the long term. Everybody, I know how great he is, but he, he's also thirty. No one talks about his age. He's thirty years old, and if we had and we if we had to trade for him, we would have to trade half the team for the most part. And then he comes here with no help. And then how much how much time would he need, you know, for the Knicks to to trade to get some help for him? Okay, so th- so let's work. not act like thirty is ninety. Like he's, he's in the prime of his career. He's got nine NBA seasons under under his belt, and this idea that well you have to trade half the ro- I mean the roster's not good. I understand you 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 made the playoffs last year. It was unexpected. You were expected to be a lottery team for a reason. It means your roster's not good. Mm-hmm. So like I I I just don't un- I, I reject the idea, and I appreciate your call press. That 
you know, you would be, there's no such thing as giving up too much for a superstar. Like, it's the hardest thing to do. Getting the star, that's the hardest part. Which is why, like, you prioritize drafting. You hope you land him in the draft. When they become available, it's hard, it's, it's tough to get these guys. Dane Lillard, I'm sorry, he's one of the best players in the league. They, they, there's, there's no one on this roster I value that much where they're going to be the 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 stop the the you know what stops me from getting him. It's just not gonna happen. I'm sorry. John and Freehold. Talk to me, my man. What's going on? Sly Kai, how you doing, my friend? Oh, long time no speak, my man. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Let's talk some Nickabaka basketball if we may. Let's do it. Ty, listen, man. I love you, and I know you love the. I know you love Dame, and you love the league. But oh, I hear a butt is coming, and it, oh, come on! Uh, your last caller said it, man. Thirty going on thirty-one now. Never won anything in Portland. You're gonna have to give up the franchise to bring him in. And you said it yourself. It came right off your lips. Julius Randle and Dame Lillard. Where's that getting you? Where Where is that getting you? How does that help Dame? How does that help the Knicks franchise? Listen, they need a point guard. They need a floor general. They need people that are on their same timeline. Forget about Claxton. Uh, uh, I don't want him either from, from Cleveland. I don't oh, want Sexton. that kid. Colin Go, Sexton. Yeah, yeah, Colin Sexton. I apologize. Go get me Shea Gildress Alexander. All right? He, yeah, he's good, taller. Good, he's longer. Good, he's more good athletic. Luck convincing, he's more good of a luck convincing, Good luck convincing Oklahoma City to give up their, their best young prospect. One of the best young players yes, in the they, league. Sam Presti loves draft capital. Listen, make, make a yeah, trade a, with... He, lo- he loves draft capital to be able to draft guys like SGA. And I appreciate your call, John. It's been, been way too long, man. Um, to, to draft guys like SGA. It's, it's just so fascinating to me that any time a, a marquee free agent becomes... Or not a free agent. A, a, a star becomes available. We went through this with Anthony Davis. It was the same... With uh, Jimmy Butler, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, there's always something about these guys that they don't fit the, a certain criteria for Knicks fans. Now, now all of a sudden, being 30 is is too old. 30 going on 31. He's played nine seasons. He's in the prime of his career. One of the best players in the league at a position that you've needed for decades. And again, I don't think he'd want to come here. I'm simply asking if this is something you would entertain if you're a Knicks fan. And the, the, the answer to the question is no, because he's too old. And you would have to deplete your roster. Your roster is bad. Guys, come on. Rob in Massachusetts. Get us back on track. What's going on, man? I, I see you want to you hey. weigh in about the Yankees. Hey, Ty, how are you? Thanks for taking my call. What's going on? Yeah, Ty, I know the injuries to Rochella and the COVID situation with Duds. Obviously, they've been the two most consistent players on this team. This team is embarrassing, though. I'm sorry. This is a disgrace. You come out, you're, you're eight games back. You can't claw. You can't scratch. You can't do anything. I mean, Jim Carl Stanton, I mean, can you swing at anything that actually is a, is a pitch? I mean, it, I mean, like, I can't believe that they have not made a move. It's not Boone's fault, but this team has no pulse. I get this guy out of here. Give me somebody that can kick somebody's rear end, and I can't stand it. 
Does yeah. it seem like any character? Stop putting LeMayu up first. Enough with LeMayu up first, crap. I don't care. Let, you know what? Let, let this guy, the kid he got from Arizona, I, you know, let him bunt his way. I'm, I'm so tired of watching 198 Brett Carter. Get rid of Carter. I'd rather see Florio hit 200 and hit from the left side than watch Brett Carter hit the bullet. Yeah. Enough is enough. I, I have really I, had it. Anyway, get your comments. And also, I wanted to mention, I'm not crazy about Damian Lillard because your last caller mentioned about the age. Here's the guy I want. I'd like to see LaMelo Ball come to the Knicks. I think he's a terrific young player. He could really help them. He can score. He can pass. He looks pass first. I think he'd be a good addition. But, I mean, God, the Yankees are a joke. Yeah, They're a disgrace. Are. I'm losing you a little bit, Rob. I've been Yankees in 50 years. This is the most lethargic team I've ever seen in my life. Appreciate the call. A lot of interesting uh, stuff from what you just said. First of all, on the Yankees, Burt Gardner bringing him back. I don't think it was it was a mistake, but clearly, this this has to end. Like his his career is over. You will, you love and appreciate what he brought to this organization for the better part of more than a decade, but he's done. You you can't continue to send him out there. He, even in his defense is starting to look compromised. He's, he's lost a step. He's hitting 190 now. He had a ball in the outfield uh, this game that I thought he should have caught. But as far as LeMahieu goes, he's your best option at, at leadoff. Who else are you going to put there? <laughs> the team is severely compromised. When they were healthy, they were bad. Who else are you going to put up there at the top of the lineup? It, it, it's... It's the type of situation where we just have to come to this realization. The Yankees just are not a good team. Two games over 500. they They're now at a negative run differential. They came in plus one. They lose by four. So they're minus three on the season. Two games over 500. They've lost seven straight games to the Red Sox. They're just not a good team. There's no run in them, especially with everything that's happening now with the COVID situation and the injuries. And look, I I would be the first person to be critical of Aaron Boone because he isn't exactly inspiring any confidence, any optimism. Listening to his press conferences just drive you crazy. He he pretends the sun sun is just going to shine. The Yankees will lose a a game 15-1, and he's telling you about the quality at bats. It's, It's frustrating. But... It's bigger than Boone. The, the roster construction flaw. It was it was a flawed process. Whatever algorithm, whatever mentality they had in building this roster was flawed. It backfired. It's just not a very good team. And we we've just like universally accepted that Giancarlo Stanton, one of the highest paid players in the league, in the prime of his career, just can't play the field. So your job, getting paid all this money. You're you're 31 years old, former league MVP, and you're just going to show up every night for three to four at-bats as a DH? And we've just universally accepted that. Well, he might play the field, you know, and when, when they go to Boston because it's not that tough to play. How, how is his body that broken down where he can't run in the outfield? At 31 years old, he's a full-time DH. It's amazing. Charlie and Elmhurst, you're on ESPN New York. What's good? Hey, hey, Ty, what's going on? What what just happened there? Oh, sorry, I was talking to my uh, friend of mine. So, oh, okay. well, uh, well, you're on like the air, man. What's the, going on? What do you got? So, I like to talk about the, the Yanks. I mean, I mean, 
seems like the day that the Houston meltdown Sunday carried over. And I've seen the same garbage every single time. I mean, they seem like lifeless to a bunch of teams. I don't. So, and, I go ahead. Finish. And, and I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you one more thing. And work hard. I mean, if I'm going to lose, this with this team, who's productive? Find about these young players. And Brett Gardner is not helping. He, he needs to be. He needs to get cut or something. And what? Why they not bringing Florida out back? That's their one, one last, probably one last prospect is almost like major league ready prospect that's up there. Get him up here. I want to lose productively. Productively. I want to find out about something. And, yeah, and, and, and I think most Yankee fans enough. feel that way. I appreciate the call, Charlie. I don't know that we can classify this as the the loss in Houston carrying over. They've had three of those losses. And you can say it just got progressively worse. We thought the Angels' loss was, was the worst of the season. It was until the, the Mets' loss happened with Garrett Cole on the mound. Up 4-1, then Chapman blows the, blows the lead. The Pete Alonso hits the game-tying home run, and they lose that game. Then you have the Astros game. That was the worst loss of the season. So it continues to pile on top of each other. It's just not a good team, man. Like That's what the evidence would suggest. It, the only reason why we are still having a conversation about the Yankees still being able to compete for a playoff spot is because they're the New York Yankees. Like If this were any other team, if this were the Cincinnati Reds, we'd look at it and say, wait, a minus 3-1 differential, two games above five hundred. This large sample size, they can't beat the Red Sox. They can't beat anyone in their division. They're injured. They're done. It's only because it's the Yankees. So we want to afford them that level of trust that they haven't deserved. It's unwarranted. We want to give them the benefit of the doubt because the, the last two full seasons, they've won 100-plus games. And yes, there still is a ton of talent on the team. But we, we were watching this unfold before our very own eyes. And that loss was so frustrating uh, in, in Houston. You were three outs away from sweeping, at the time, a team with the fifth-best record in the sport in their ballpark, albeit, albeit no Correa. But that would have been, you could at the point say, that's a momentum shifter. Going into the All-Star break, now before all the COVID stuff happens, you come out, and now you've got the Red Sox, the Phillies, the Rays. Yeah, maybe we can make something happen because we keep holding on to hope that the talent is going to play to its ability. And it's just not happening so far. 800-919-3776. The phone lines are blowing up. We're talking Yankees. Reacting to this this four nothing loss at the hands of the Red Sox. If you're leaving the stadium, tell me how you feel. It's trending toward being over. We don't want to we don't want to call it yet. It's an eight count, but the season is trending toward being over. There is nothing about this team that we can gravitate toward as far as showing some confidence and them being able to turn it around. It's it's one of the most disappointing seasons I can remember when you consider what the expectation was coming into it and how it's all falling apart. And now it might end with the, the manager losing his job and the GM losing his job. Who knows? We're also talking about the Knicks. Dame Lillard, he comes out today and denies the report that he is requesting a trade from Portland. But it does look like there is going to be – that's going to be a story to follow because he's frustrated.
team's not good enough. Every year, they're peaking at the same place. Second round exit. And this year was a first round exit, despite him having a phenomenal series. So would you want him on the Knicks? I, you're crazy if you, you say no. You're crazy. But we can talk about it. All the, the hip-hop fans out there, you got to send our rest in peace to the legend, Biz Marquis. His family announced tonight that he did pass at the age of 57. One of the greatest, man. I mean, you listen to him. The charisma, the cachet, the legendary samples. R.I.P. to the late, great Bismarck. He, a, a fabric of the hip-hop culture community in the world. So we send love and life to his family. Ty Butler here on 98.7 ESPN. We're reacting to the Yankees losing tonight to the Red Sox. They're now nine games back in the division. You can say it's over. They're, they're not catching Boston. And you look at the wild card race, and, and it can be viewed as only trailing the second wild card by four, you know, four and a half games, six and a half behind number one, but you'd have to jump four teams who are clearly better than you. Two games over 500, a negative run differential, injured, COVID protocol with two of your, I would say two of your stars and Judge and Urshela and then Cortez and Loisico had been pitching really well for you. Not ideal. Not ideal. Let's talk to Brandon in Long Island. He just left Yankee Stadium. What's going on, my man? What's 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 up? Hello. So, hello. So I just left Yankee Stadium, and tonight it felt like there was more Red Sox energy in the stadium than Yankee energy. Which is We're embarrassing. Kind of just so flat. It's a, it's pathetic. But I don't know. I don't know who to blame here because I feel like our process is just different than what we've been doing for the last the Yankees dynasties. So we had a whole bunch of prospects that now, like Andujar, Frazier, that are just riding the bench now that had high trade value that we could have gotten a, another pitcher, another bat, and maybe a left-handed bat finally. But Cashman, I feel like, has just managed the situation all wrong. And even Gary Sanchez tonight is just so sad watching him catch. You just wow. lose, lose lose a basically a double and all he has is the arm back there and you lose strike calls and it's and to me that's one of the most important things and I appreciate the call brandon the the inability to have these players who were highly touted reach their full potential is a is a glaring flaw for this organization gary sanchez at one point was considered arguably the best catcher in baseball. We remember when he came onto the scene, all the home runs, the, as MJ would say, the ceiling was the roof. Like this guy was incredible. I think I remember A-Rod arguing he was their best offensive player. And he's been better of late, but it's relative. Compared to what we thought he was going to be, Sanchez has been awful. Frazier and Duhar haven't been riding the bench. Those guys are now injured, but Frazier this year is hitting 186, and Duhar this year is hitting 253. They've gotten their opportunities. They just aren't any good. You don't have good young players. Glaber Torres was sensational. 
What's happened to him? These guys are getting worse. Now, part of that is an indictment on the, the individual. You have to wear that. But for an organization that prides itself on just producing otherworldly talent and then being able to supplement that with acquiring marquee stars like you bring in Stanton, like it's, you're just falling flat on your face. And I think it's an indictment of the entire organization. And we can give the smoke to Boone because that's the easy thing to do. And I'm not going to sit here and defend him, but he's doing exactly what the organization wanted him to do. And I don't think that firing him now is going to spark some type of change. The team is what it is. They're not going to make the playoffs. We're going to head to next season with a ton of question marks about the entirety of the roster, about the manager, about the GM, and what direction the owner wants to go in. Since 2013, because the caller just talked about like the, the atmosphere at the stadium, which is pathetic. Like, How do you have more Red Sox energy than Yankee fans? And I, I get it, whatever. Like, The Red Sox are better. The Yankees are struggling. We're not fair-weather fans. But since 2013, the Red Sox have won more titles than the Yankees have won division titles. Two World Series for the Red Sox. One division title for the Yankees since 2013. Why? Why are they flourishing? They weren't supposed to be any good. And I just defended Boone, but we keep hearing that he can't get criticized way too much. The value of managing in baseball, I think, still exists. The Red Sox were bad last year. They get Alex Cora. All of a sudden, they're 20-plus games over 500, leading the division by nine games over the Yankees. I don't know. Sounds like a valuable manager to me. Ben and Mayor Pack just left Yankee Stadium. Talk to me, my man. Keep hearing that he can. Hey, man, how are you? I uh, I just wanted to know when you think Aaron Boone will be fired and if you think the Red Sox will sweep the Yankees. Uh, I appreciate your call. I don't think Boone's getting fired during the season because now the Yankees, what they, what they're, what they can do is build in this excuse – about what's happening with the injuries and then the COVID situation and how they actually did have a chance to make some noise. They started playing well before the All-Star break, and then this just kind of smacked them in the face. So I think you can kind of convince yourself that, yeah, we had a chance, and, you know, we, we just got unlucky. This isn't our year. As far as him getting fired, it, it'll be interesting because this would pretty much be an admission of failure on the part of Cashman. You hired this guy in 2017 to replace Joe Girardi, who got you to within 27 outs of a World Series appearance. You lost to a team that was cheating. And the feeling was, in order for us to get to that next step, which is winning a title, we need to get rid of Joe Girardi, who had done that for us already, and bring in Aaron Boone, a fresh voice. Since then, yes, you had the two 100-plus game-win seasons, but you haven't been to the World Series. You haven't been back to Game 7 of the ALCS. You got knocked out in, in, in 2019 in Game 6, the Altuve buzzer home run. But you haven't gotten to where you thought you would be. It was a controversial move in real time, but you convinced us this was going to work out. This was your guy. So firing Boone, I mean, that would be an admission of failure on the part, on part of Cashman. Just like I don't think they would be sellers at the deadline. You come into the season expected to win the title. Everyone's previewing Yankees-Dodgers in the World Series, and at the trade deadline, you're selling? That's pretty embarrassing. 
here on Friday night. The Yankees falling to the Red Sox at the stadium. 4-0. Shocking, right? Three hits tonight for the Yankees. That's the offense. Jordan Montgomery takes the loss. He falls to 3-5 and five on the season. Eduardo Rodriguez picks up the win for the Red Sox. Meanwhile, in Pittsburgh, the New York Mets with Marcus Stroman on the mound. He started the game. They're trailing 4-1 to one in the top of the eighth inning. So they've got to make something happen pretty quickly here. The uh, the reigning home run derby champion, Peter Alonso, is at the plate. So hopefully they, they can get something cooking here. Uh, but we're reacting to the Yankees losing once again. And we are inching closer and closer to this season being one that ends in a postseason DNP. Let's hear from the Yankee manager, Aaron Boone, on the state of the team following this loss. Yeah, I mean, every time we lose, you know, I mean— this is one of those teams that we're looking up at. So, yeah, yeah, we've got to we got to find a way. Obviously, we've got to we've got to mount a little bit more of an uh, on offense to give ourselves a chance. <laughs> I actually feel bad for him. We 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 got to give ourselves a chance. Mount mount up a little bit more on offense. The the, the offense is not going to get better once you lose Aaron Judge and and Gio Urshela with. Voight on the IL and Frazier out of the line. He wasn't good, but these are still like the most talented offensive players you have on the team, just not in the lineup. You're not going to get better. DJ goes on a run and Stanton can help carry you and Sanchez. He can, you know, channel his inner 2017 or 2016 version of himself. Then maybe you get a chance, but we've seen nothing so far that would suggest that the Yankees are headed towards some hot streak. That'll see them not just jump over the Blue Jays and the Rays, but as far as the wild card is concerned, the Indians and the Mariners and the A's. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's looking like that is all she wrote for our New York Yankees, and it's sad. Because you feel great coming in to the season, and it was disappointing to end with last year against the Rays in the Game 5 with Garrett Cole on the mound. But now full season, everybody's healthy. You're expected to get to the World Series at the very least. We're looking at potential matchups, you know, Kershaw versus Cole. Like we're, we're actually breaking down Yankees-Dodgers because that's, that's what we're, we're looking forward to seeing. And we get to the trade deadline, and the conversation is about whether or not you're going to sell. I, that Things are not going the way that we thought they would. We go back to the phones and talk to Mike in Queens. He says Cashman's got to go right now. Mike. Uh, how are you? Good evening. Good evening. What's up, man? Uh, uh, well, I'm not a Yankee fan, so I'm probably doing okay. But uh, What, what, Yankees, what team do you look for? I'm, what? What team do you root for? Uh, you know, I was I I, I was born a Mets fan, but I, I got tired of the coupons, the Wilpon, so I kind of distanced, distanced myself because I couldn't take the pain anymore. And you know, it's you know, but uh, the Yankees, you know, I, like I told you over the phone, you know, the Knicks they draft Frank Nielakina and they fire Phil Jackson. The Jets let Mike McCagnan spend the draft money. Uh, the free agent money, and they fire him, and and we all agree that was stupid. So the Yankees, you know, I get it. If you, if you fire Cashman now, there's no way you'll find a new GM in a month. But 
like I told you, the Yankees, if they're going to fire Cashman, and I think they should. To me, the Yankees, this, this offseason, or now, you know, fire Cashman now, you know, you keep Boone, but this offseason, total house cleaning. So if you're going to fire Cashman, do it now. The sign Boone have to have a meeting, and they have to decide what's, what the plan is going going into next year. Do we, you know, yeah, do, Mike, do, do we rebuild? Who do we keep? Who do, who do we trade? And they have to have a meeting with the interim. Yeah, team, Mike, I appreciate the call, but that might be one of the worst... One of the worst suggestions I've ever heard. So you're going to fire the GM but keep the manager who the GM hired. No, that's not how it's going to work. And then you bring in GM in and he's going to be married to this, this manager who was already here. That doesn't make any sense. And I don't believe in this this firing in season. What what, did, what is it going to do? What's the purpose of that? What, like Are we just solving the issue of like appeasing fans? That's not how we're going to run our organization. To make the fans happy, I get it. Like if if Yankee fans just decide they're not showing up to games anymore, then yeah. Now when your finances are hit, you got to make a move. But it, why would you fire Cashman, bring Boone into the office to have a meeting with him about the direction of the organization? That, that makes no sense. That makes no sense. By the way, I, I do got to say this, and I know we're a couple of days removed from it, but how soft was it that? Altuve, Brantley, and Correa all skipped the All-Star game. It was like one of the softest things I've ever seen. You got caught cheating. You were unapologetic about it. The, the apologies were phony. And now when you are in a situation where the game is being celebrated, you've got to be surrounded by a bunch of your colleagues. You're scared because of what? You, want, you don't want to be grilled. You don't want to be booed. That was that was soft. It was so weak. It just makes the Astros so much more unlikable. The fact that they would skip the All Star game. Soft, just 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 soft. Like, what are you fearful of? Someone's gonna come up to you in the locker room and press you. <laughs> like, like, what's gonna happen? Why why would you skip the All Star game? Just never made any sense to me. All right, let's wrap, let's wrap up the hour with one last Yankee phone call. Brian in West Palm, what's going on, man? Talk to me. What's on your mind today? How are you doing? I grew up in Westbury. I've been a Yankee fan. I watch all the games. Uh, the situation, you know, with the Yankees, it, you know, not going to be repetitive, Geo and all. I just don't understand the the, pro- the problem with, with these guys that they – that MLB out in, in the All-Star game didn't be more proactive. I don't know, have all the information on whether they got the, all these guys got their COVID vaccines or they didn't. <laughs> or, or they got it from people that maybe they have vaccinated and they got it from other people that were vaccinated, but it's going to kill the Yankees because their lineup was horrible tonight, you know, uh, Montgomery had one bad inning, and but their their lineup is horrible. You know, it's basically Scranton there. And I, w- I want to mention also, uh, Cashman. Uh, I said I spoke to you guys in the off season. I said go after Jock Peterson, a lefty. He's been good in Yankee Stadium. They didn't go after him. He signed with the Cubs, and now he's with the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, the, the, the Yankees had Lance. Yankees had Lance Lynn. They let him go. He signed with Texas, and they and they, they traded him to the White Sox. And look and look what uh, look what's happened with Lance Lynn. He's having a, a career year. 
Yeah, I, I think Cash Machine pre- had gone I, I, I appreciate the call, Brian. Let's not act like Lance Lennon was the second coming of Ron Guidry when he was in a Yankee uniform. He 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 was he wasn't great. The 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 roster building, I will give you the inability to to put left-handers left-handed bats in this lineup. That never made sense, and it's it's hurting them. But I, don't don't give me Lance Lynn. We can be critical of a lot of the moves that Cashman and that front office have made. Don't give me Lance. He, Lance Lynn's been great this year. He's got an under two ERA, but that's that's not go there. That that's that's going to bridge too far. Um, so we got one more hour coming up. We're going to midnight tonight. Ty Butler right here in 98.7 ESPN. I will continue to take your calls on the Yankees losing to the Red Sox. If you're leaving the stadium, you want to voice your frustrations, have at it. We can do it together. I'm frustrated. This team was, was set up to win uh, the pennant at the very least. Haven't been there since 2009. I mentioned last segment. Since 2013, the Red Sox have more World Series titles than the Yankees have division titles. That's a problem. And, and someone has to answer for that. I'm not going to do the whole, if, if, if George was still alive, I, I don't even need to go there. We just need to head into next season, establish some type of a plan, because clearly this is not working. The algorithm, the, the, the numbers that you're putting out, it's not leading to the desired results. So let's go back, reevaluate what it is that we're doing, and decide what the best move is going forward, which can include... Getting rid of the GM and the manager. Doesn't have to, but something has to be done. We can continue to discuss that. I also want to get back to the Knicks calls with Dane Lillard coming out today saying that he is not requesting a trade, but there are there are going to be some meetings had about the direction of that organization and if they can field a contender around him, because if that's not the case, then see ya, as the great Michael K would say. Also want to talk about the NBA Finals. We're going to have Game 5 on our airwaves tomorrow night, beginning at 8 Eastern. It's the biggest game CP3 and Giannis will have ever played in. I'm looking forward to it. And the NBA was criticized for one thing for years. And now we capitalized on that. We solved the issue. So I so I wonder if fans are actually enjoying the Finals now that we've rectified what they said the issue was. So we'll talk about that next coming up. Ty Butler going on midnight right here on 98.7 ESPN. Game five of the finals. Do got to give a, a special shout out to the late great now, late great Biz Marquis, who passed away at the age of 57. Very sad story. He'd been dealing with a lot of health issues over the last couple of years. So just sending some love and life to his family. May his soul rest in peace. Well, this is one of the most famous samples of, of all time. Just a friend. So shout out Biz Marquis. Uh, back to the finals. So uh, all we heard for the last decade, it felt like, was that the NBA had a parity problem. You had LeBron in the finals every year. It was the Warriors. You had the, the big three in Miami. The Spurs were involved. And this season, you now have the Bucks, who are there for the first time in what, 50 plus years. And the Suns, who haven't, who've never won, they haven't been there since 93. So the Bucks haven't won since the, the, the Bucks haven't been there. I wonder, what was it, 74 when they lost to the Celtics? If I have that correctly. The last time the Bucks were uh, in the NBA Finals. But 71 it was. Thank you, Jacob. 
Um, so there's, there's, so here's the parody that you guys have been begging for, because for some odd reason the product gets better once the talent gets worse. Like we don't want LeBron, Durant, and Steph in the finals. We want players who are worse. Like that makes sense. I, I don't get it. it. Like imagine the, we don't want Al Pacino and, and Denzel Washington movies anymore. We, we're just getting tired of it. Oversaturation. Never made much sense to me. But now you get a finals between two teams. One team has never won, and the Bucks haven't won in a while. And we're not at a 2-2. And sometimes, I think in the media, we do overrate momentum. Because following the first two games of the series, the Suns had, went, had, had gone up 2-0. Giannis had been great, got nothing from his teammates. The series is over in four or five games. Now the Bucks go home, they blow them out in Game 3, they win a nail-biter in Game 4, and now we're riding off the Suns. It's 2-2, headed into Game 5, it's what we all wanted. Just give us a great series. And it's, it's, it's an important game, the biggest game that Giannis and CP3 have ever played in. Because then you get into the fun, whose legacy is impacted more by winning the title this year? Is it Giannis? who at 26 could have on his resume two league MVPs, a defensive player of the year, a title, and a finals MVP, that's some start to a career. He would, he would enter next season as the favorite to win the league MVP again. He was, I guess, what, what would be the word? He, not, not suspended, but he was someone ineligible. Like a, a wink week ineligible to win that award this year because his teams had, after being rewarded twice with the regular season MVP, his teams flamed out in the playoffs. We can't give him that, that award again until he proves us that he is worthy of it. And so far he has done just that. And and one another reason why this series is so big, and it's not to be a, a, a Debbie Downer or to take any credit away from the wonderful accomplishment being experienced by both of these organizations with Phoenix and Milwaukee, we do know, though, that if we operated in an injury-free utopia world, those teams would have been gone a while ago. The Bucks lose in round two to the Nets if Kyrie doesn't get hurt and or Harden. They almost lost to Durant by himself and Harden on one leg. They're done in round two if the if the, the Nets are able to stay healthy. The Suns were down 2-1 to the Lakers. It's funny. They, they won the first game of that series. Everyone's going crazy. Then LeBron and Anthony Davis assert themselves and remind everyone, yeah, the Suns have no answer for us. They go up 2-1. They're winning game four, and then Anthony Davis gets hurt. So the Suns would have been gone in round one. The Bucks would have been gone in round two. But they've positioned themselves to take advantage. You need some good injury fortune, some good injury luck. That's the case for any champion in any sport. It happened in the Super Bowl. The, 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 the Chiefs offensive line banged up. Mahomes dealing with the toe injury. You've got to be ready and that team that's able to take advantage of, of some poor injury luck. So they're here now. But now it becomes... Is this the best and only chance we're going to get? 
Because when everyone returns next season, is anyone picking the Bucks to make it out the East? I will argue, though, if you're the NBA, is it better for you if the Bucks win the title? Because then you could come into next season, and I would disagree with it, but it would be rational to argue the Bucks are the favorites to win it. Because what no one liked about this year was that it felt like a fait accompli that the Nets were going to win the title. With Harden, Durant, and Irving, you're just not going to have enough to beat them. So we're just playing this entire season for what? For second place? Reminiscent of those Warriors years. No one's beating the Warriors. No one's beating the Big Three in Miami. You don't want that type of season. You want the, the result to be in doubt. Like You want to have an argument on multiple sides. So if the Bucks win the title, you can convince yourself, look, Giannis is the best player in the league. They're the defending champions. They beat the Nets. I bet the Nets weren't healthy, but did winning a championship for them and in doing so beating the Nets unlock something psychologically for them? Where now next season, even when Kyrie and Harden are healthy, Giannis and, and Milwaukee still present a, a tough challenge for them. And if the Nets don't take the regular season seriously, and the Bucks do, they get home court in a game seven, who knows? So that's the type of intrigue that you would be looking for. Whereas if the Suns won the title, no one's picking Phoenix to win the West next year. So I, I, there is a, a legitimate argument to be made that the Bucks winning the title would be best for the league just because it creates some intrigue going into next season. But who who has the advantage tomorrow night? Who has the advantage tomorrow night? The Suns should feel great because that game, you know, CP3 played one of the worst games of his career. Aiton gives you six points. You shoot 30% from three. You had 17 turnovers. And despite all of that, you were up five with five and a half minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. It took one of the greatest defensive plays in playoff history by Giannis, an all-time game by Middleton, and, and, and two costly CP3 turnovers late in that game for you to lose. You were right there. Foul trouble for Booker. Everything seemingly went against you, and you had a chance to be up 3-1. So you should feel great if you're Phoenix. And tomorrow, to me, just comes off as... The Suns are going to hit a lot of threes. CP3 is going to be great. Booker and Aiton are going to be better. Well, Booker was great last game. Aiton's going to be better. Booker's going to do more of the same. And their role players will show up. And they'll win game, they'll win game five. So I, I think that the Suns should feel great. But what I will say is it's a must win for Phoenix. Because there's no path to you winning the championship that doesn't include you winning tomorrow. You're not going to go from up 2-0 to losing back-to-back games in Milwaukee, blowing one late in that game four, and then coming home and then losing on your home floor to go down 3-2, to have to travel back to Milwaukee against a Giannis who's unstoppable right now, and Middleton who, when he scores, I saw this earlier, when he scores 18 or more points, the Bucks are 12-2. and two. So if he gets 18, the Bucks pretty much are, you know, <laughs> are winning at a 95% clip. It's a must win for Phoenix, but I feel pretty good about them heading into tomorrow's game.
And I think this goes seven. I think we're going to get Phoenix winning tomorrow. The Bucks come back. What is that? Next Tuesday, winning game six. And then we're going to game seven next Thursday night. And we get the legacy moment for either CP3 or Giannis. I think that's what's going to happen. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.